Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Tonight, I am going to have a guest, and we'll discuss cuddling. Yes, that's right. We'll discuss cuddling. You know, a lot of us enjoy a good snuggle every now and then. We like being tucked up against someone who is warm and comforting. However, for a majority of us, we choose to do that with people in which we're in some sort of relationship. What happens when you're not familiar with that person? We'll get into that tonight, but first of all, Let me explain how this show works for those who may be new to it. This show is a platform for you. The callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers, all of you have the opportunity to voice chat or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, politics, and more. This show is very informal by design because, let's face it, my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215. That's 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, simply hit 1 on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak, and it places you in the host queue. And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. 
please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. All right, T2Q radio show number 751 starts right after a word from one of our supporters. Listen to The Crystal Show for celebrity gossip, amazing interviews, musical guests, and the most fun to be had on internet radio. Check out the past and new podcasts at thecrystalshow.com. I go on and on, can't understand how I last so long. I must have the superpowers, last 223,000 hours. All right. My thanks to joining the Crystal. Excuse me. My thanks to the Crystal Show for being down by law with T2Q. Three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number on the Talk Q Radio Show. And go ahead, and we'll just go ahead and kick things off and get to my guest. She hails from well. I can't say where she's from originally, but she is now residing in the Lone Star State of Texas from the 817 area code. Let me welcome Miss Marcella Lyles to the Talk to Q radio show. Marcella, what's going on? Hello, and thank you. That is a warm greeting. Everybody should have that. Like That should just like be a people's alarm clock. That is amazing. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and thank you to your lovely listeners. This is a, um, a treat. Thank you very much. All right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to join the show. And um, first of all, I guess we'll start with just a little bit about yourself, if you can just... Mm. Um, just give a little background on, on you, so to speak. Sure, sure. Um, so first of all, I, you know, as a professional cuddler, uh, people want to know where and how and, you know, where that starts. And um, I've always been interested in relationships and human sexuality and intimacy, and uh, I studied that stuff probably when other people were studying, I don't know. Tonka toys. Um, I've I've always been fascinated by by people and relationships, and so um, in undergrad, I I have my bachelor's in sociology and family studies. I went back and got my master's degree in counseling and human relations. But all through undergrad and grad school, um, I really studied human sexuality. Like if there was a sexuality class. I was in it. Um, I really enjoy watching how people function. Uh, I didn't want to be a counselor, though. Um, I have uh, some misgivings about being a counselor and people coming in and, you know, for six weeks I, I and, and, you know, just talking. I wanted to do something that I could do a little bit more hands-on. Um, and my goal was always to help women, especially those who uh, hadn't settled in their bodies or had some kind of trauma. It was something I've always wanted to help um, do, especially women of color, uh, because being a woman of color myself, I don't see us represented in these fields uh, very often. So I went and traveled, and I traveled the world, and I studied abroad and did some stuff abroad, and then I came back and um 
you know, I tried to go into conventional work, and uh, that did not work. And soon I found myself really being driven by my passion. Uh, and uh, when I was in undergrad, I'd gone to this uh, really weird, I remember being really weird thing where people were cuddling, and I am not uh, a cuddly person. Uh, one of my college friends, when she found out what I do, she just, for like five minutes, she just howled laughing. She's like, do, do they know do they know that you don't like to be touched? I was like, shut up, shut up. Um, that's not the thing. That's not the point. And I say that because, one, I really want people to know that this has been a passion of mine for years, uh, and I've been actively working in this work for about 14 years after my master's degree. Uh, for those people who are not inherently cuddly, uh, I am not inherently cuddly, and we'll get to why I love this work if I'm not inherently cuddly in just a minute. Um and also just to talk about how long Cuddle Party has been around because Cuddle Party has been around for, I think we're entering our 13th year. So I, the first experience I had was when I was in college and I went to this thing, like I said, and it was kind of like on the down low because I didn't like to be touched. And I had a really great time because people had to ask to touch. And that's what I right. love about this work. I love the consent piece and the, that's the part that often gets overlooked. So um, so this work has always been with me. I've always been with this work, and now uh, that it's catching on um, again, we have times when it catches and when it doesn't. Right now, uh, with everything going on in the world, it's really catching on. And the new piece that has been uh, added is the one-on-one -on -one piece, uh, which um, – really kicked off with Sarah Sarah Hess in, in Oregon. And so she, you know, had this, she was kind of like the frontier on that. She's got a couple of books and things like that. And so now one-on-one -on -one cuddling um, is, is relatively new compared to what Cuddle Party has been. So I've, I've been doing this work pretty much my whole life. So, uh, yeah, I hope that answers the question. I've been, you know, like I said, it's kind of been here. So it's, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's just who I am. Uh, but okay, I am not so a person. <laughs> let me ask you this, because you, you have the background in, sure. in human sexuality. You've been around the world, and I, I, I'm trying to figure out how you decided upon cuddling out of all things. You know, and it's funny, because like I said, I tell people – I, you know, I'm not what they think. I'm not that friend, and I really want this to be clear because when people imagine a cuddly person, they imagine that aunt or that friend that just invades their space and cuddles them. That's the friend that I had that laughed at me when she found out I was doing this work. I am not that person. Uh, I actually have to say every time I do something that the worst thing I want is for people to just come up and think they can hug me. So how I landed on cuddling, <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's like a good way to get punched in the face. <laughs> I'll just clarify in a minute. Is one of the things as a sexuality educator and a coach and a relationship coach, what I deal with most is helping people have really great sex lives. And what kept coming up over and over and over again was how couples were not having great sex lives and the breakdown fell around touch. You know, the guy wanted to touch, the woman didn't want to be touched because it led to sex, and what was missing is the very thing that uh, had me not be touch-friendly, uh, which is consent. 
And so I'd remember I'd been working with a couple of clients, and I said, you know, I got to find something for them. What I'm doing with them doesn't work. So let me go and get something that works with them. And I remembered that I had, you know, done this weird thing with people touching in college, and that was really cool. And I sat and I thought, and I was like, oh, what was that called? And I remembered it was called Cuddle Party. So I looked up Cuddle Party, and I started reaching out, and I got trained. And it's one of the greatest gifts I can give my clients is some of the things that I've learned in Cuddle Party. So that's actually how I got back to Cuddle Party because having non-sexual intimacy and closeness and communication and consent actually enhances people's overall mental health and overall their overall just self-wellness and, and eventually not directly, but eventually their their sex lives. And so when I can help clients be um, safe with their, their non-sexual intimacy, then we really create a divide between what is actual sex and what is actual intimacy. And I think for a lot of people, that boundary is not clear, and it can create a lot of problems, um, a lot of problems. We're seeing some of those problems right now in society where, where one person thinks something is happening and the other person is pretty sure something else is happening, that leads to some real dissatisfaction. So that's how I actually specifically chose Cuddle Party and to all my Cuddle Party cohorts out there because we have like, I think we're up to 195 now. I just I just send my love to them. Um, they're out there doing really great work, however it shows up for them. So I just I send them love. Okay. Yeah. All right. Three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number on the Talk to Q Radio show. I have a couple of show legends holding. I'll get to them in just a moment. So sure. you mentioned that you're a woman of color. What are yeah. some of the fears people have, especially black people, when you mention mm. a cuddle party? Well, I guess before I go there, explain what happens at a cuddle party. How does it work when you walk mm. in and you know, get started? What's the process? Well, I'm going to answer both of those questions kind of all together, okay? okay. So first of all, all right. the first thing that white, that black people hear when I am a cuddle party or you say cuddle party, the first thing out of their mouth is that's some white people shit. So that is just <laughs> one of the first things. I really want to just put that out there, that it's white people shit, and that's the first thing I have to hear. Um <laughs> So, and so the, right. let's look at the fears. Let's look at the fears. So the fears are that as soon as you walk through the door, somebody's going to, like, jump you, and you're going to be, like, dragged to this, like, pile of people that you don't know, and they're going to be, like, touching you. Uh, <laughs> that is <laughs> – and I just say that because that's real for people, right? So that's one fear. The other fear is that you'll show up and it'll be called a cuddle party, and really it's like some eyes wide shut shit that they're going to, like, you know, everybody's going to be naked and try to have sex with you. That's the other fear. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of fears that come with this because we have – we have cuddling so deeply collapsed to with stuff that it's not. So those are the fears. The process, though, is you come in. Usually we register you. We check your information because we want to make sure, or at least I want to make sure, that whoever registered is actually who's there. Um, I don't, you know, I don't want any reporters. I don't want anybody there without somebody's consent. I really want to match a face with a name. And usually before I even 
say yes to someone, uh, I have to talk to them. I have to get an idea of who they are. I want to know who they are. I want to know their voice. So that all lines up because this is a safe and healing space. And wherever healing can happen, hurt can happen. So I, I safeguard that. Again, I'm not a cuddly person. I'm here for the consent. So all of those things really are important to me. So we uh, check in. Uh, depending on the environment, maybe people have brought food or whatever, we socialize, we get to know each other, we say hello. Uh, most people um, are in their pajamas, uh, and I don't mean they're lingerie. <laughs> I, mean, I mean like actual <laughs> pajamas. To go there. I see. I already. I already know. I. I got it. I. I told you. This is. This is what I do. So, um, they're in pajamas, yoga pants, long pants, um, something comfortable. Uh, some people come and and they wear uh, regular clothes, uh, but they're they're kind of they. I have some people who come just for healing in the space. I'll talk about them in a minute. But mostly people are wearing something comfortable, something you might wear to either work out or go to a massage or something like that. Uh, they're eating and they're socializing. There's no liquor at a cuddle party. Uh, again, there is uh, that's for consent. Yes, there's no liquor. No there's alcohol? No at all. No alcohol and no drugs. This is a completely sober completely healing, completely consensual, safe space. I feel like I should, like, I feel like there's a need to be a dramatic, like, oh, my God, pause there. But, yes. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> People are sober. <laughs> We're doing this sober. Um, so we socialize for that. And then um, at whatever point, I usually give about 30 minutes for traffic or whatever, and somebody's stuck in traffic, they communicate that with me. But there does become a point where the party shuts down, as in nobody else is allowed to enter. People are always allowed to exit, but people are not allowed to enter. And that's after I've started the welcome circle. And the welcome circle is where we really see a lot of the healing happen. It's where we establish rules and agreements. It's where we talk about the 12 things like, you know, no means no, yes means yes. Uh, if you're a maybe, say no. We cover quite a bit of ground. And even though people can go and, you know, they read the, you know, the 12 agreements, and, and we have a lot of people trying to mimic our work, um, and they, they go and they see our 12 agreements, and they're like, oh, well, I'm doing a cuddle party. And no, you are using cuddle party rules and agreements to have a different kind of party. That is not our work, and I really want people to be careful. Uh, a cuddle party has some very distinct pieces to it. You can verify a cuddle party facilitator. That's really important because there are a lot of people going around using, you know, names that are similar and it's not our work. And our work is very distinct. This welcome circle that I'm talking about usually takes about 45 minutes. Sometimes I've had them go an hour, um, an hour and 15 minutes if people are really hmm. getting something out of that work. Now, right. if somebody's been to a cuddle party before and they know the cuddle party rules and they're using and observing the cuddle party rules while I do the welcome circle, they're welcome to touch each other. However, that is established through consent and a lot of communication. I mean, copious amounts of communication, like you can't go from their wrist to their elbow without communication. It is a lot of consent and a lot of communication. Uh, but those people are, are there and they know each other or maybe they've requested, they know Cuddle Party, but nobody will touch you the entire evening if you don't 
want them to. And I've had people do that. So we go through the cuddle party welcome circle. Uh, There's a break after the welcome circle. A lot of people get their entire life out of the welcome circle. I've had people just be in tears, um, leaving the welcome circle just, you know, in tears, and that's okay. We talk about how that's that's okay and that's uh, welcome and allowed. Um, And then we give them a break, you know, go to the restroom, reassess. Again, this is all built on consent. So if that at that point they've decided that they don't want to stay, they are welcome to leave. We don't hold anybody hostage. Um, they are welcome to leave. Um, sometimes, you know, they they get their if they want. They we you know our policy is they can ask for their money back at that point. We don't usually have that. Usually, the welcome circle is so rich. Um, people don't ask. I've never been asked for the the money back uh when we come back from the break then people with on their own and with supervision from the facilitator which is i am uh they practice what they learned and they and they commune and they talk and it becomes a real social event again no sex (laughs) again no liquor again no drugs i (laughs) and and I know, I know, I, I'm sure people have lots of questions. The entire thing lasts about three hours. After the cuddling part of it, we actually have a closing session because all of that euphoria and all of that oxytocin and all of that energy that we are generating can open up um, a lot of people. We have some people who have tears. We have people who have experienced grief. We have people who have overcome trauma in this space. And so uh, there's actually an official closing session where we allow people to give us feedback. We allow, we make sure, you know, as a facilitator, I don't, and as a coach and a counselor, uh, you know, with counseling background, I don't want to leave people just, you know, open with their wounds. I make sure that they are mentally okay, physically okay. Some people have had so much stuff move around that we make sure that they're safe to drive. Um, because some people are not safe to drive after that. They need a few minutes um, to collect themselves, so we give them that. And then generally everybody helps clean up the space. So they help uh, because there's something very euphoric in helping us fold up the blankets and put away all the accoutrements, you know, the stuffed animals and the food and stuff like that. And then uh, if people want to hang out afterwards, they are more than welcome to. Some people develop great friendships out of a cuddle party, um, and then we do announcements and stuff like that, and people go home. That's the process of a cuddle party. And, yes, there's no liquor, there's no sex, there's no nudity, <laughs> there's none of that, none of it. If you are there, listen to me, listeners out there, if you show up to something and it's got any of those things, sex, liquor, drugs, whatever, and no consent, run. That's not a cuddle party. That's not our work. That You've been bamboozled. <laughs> You have okay, food. okay. Yeah, I yeah. got some questions. But <laughs> let me go let me go to the phone lines. I got a couple of show legends who have called in. And let me go to the Motor City of Detroit. So welcome you on. Thank you. How are you and your guests? You I'm doing well. And Crystal, do you have a question for Marcella or a comment thus far? 
Well, um, Ricardo Party sounds like a, uh, an interesting um, kind of a counseling tool. What is your uh, goal or the goal of the attendees? Like, uh, I know you were saying that some of the people come and they already know others. Um, what would bring a person to a cuddle party and um, what kind of issues are they dealing with? Well, and I think, and thanks, for, thanks for that, Crystal. So um, it, I, when, I, when I say it's a therapeutic tool, I mean it's a very healing space. There, but a lot of people believe that people who come to Cuddle Party are dealing with issues, as if this is something that only, you know, somebody who might be crazy would do. Um, a lot of times it's not. Some people come, and I've had people who just want to be in the space and have a, a clean, clear, energetic space to sleep at. I, I had one guy, he came in, uh, he did the welcome circle, and then we didn't hear from him. And then later I found him sleep in the back of the, in the, back of the cuddle party somewhere, and he says that he gets the most rest in cuddle parties. Um, people just want to have fun. I don't, it's, I know, I, I told you I said I was going to talk about the guy in the jeans later, I promised, and that's what he came to do. He came to rest. Um, it was, it's a very caring and comfortable space. Um, people don't necessarily have issues as in what we think is a negative issue. Um, they just want to be able to connect with people in a safe, consensual space, especially women, especially right now where consent in, and consent violations are such a huge thing. Um, this is a place where you're safe. This is a place where those Things that you have to worry about, you, for the first time you don't have to worry about them. And men don't have to worry about them. We forget that there's so much given to men where they have to be the only pursuers or they have to be worried about honoring so much. And here it's a place of equity and equality and balance. She has to ask as much as he has to ask. They have to ask. We have to ask. There has to be con- total consent um, at all times. So while I don't want to pathologize it, um, and I want to establish that there is some a lot of normalcy, um, if any, if there was an issue, let's look at you know if we want to look at it that way, um, a, a sense of connection, um, a sense of uh, being seen, heard, and valued. Um, some people are looking for uh, to reestablish intimacy, like I said, in a way that is not just perfunctory sexuality. Uh, Some people are dealing with skin hunger, which is the absence of safe, consensual, non-sexual touch. Uh, It's not touch deprivation. I tell people that touch deprivation is like being unemployed. Skin hunger is like being employed and underpaid. So people are getting touch, but they're not getting safe, consensual, non-sexual touch, and and short of, I don't know, I don't know too many people who aren't at some level um, not suffering from skin hunger. So that is, that is a pandemic issue that, that we have, and I also have um, an organization that teaches about skin hunger and, and how rampant it is. So I don't, I don't want people to think that this is like you've got to have something wrong with you to go to a cuddle party. Cuddle party people are actually quite, healthy and normal, especially the ones who go regularly. Um, so I, so I, I just I kind of hesitate with the word issue 
Um, okay, I don't so um, so it so it's not a therapeutic environment. So it's more of a social environment. It's socially so therapeutic. It's, so yeah. Okay. So if someone was coming, do you do <laughs> any type um, of intake process, such as? interview them before they arrive to make sure that they don't necessarily have any clinical issues and do you refer them out to other sources if they do? I, I Like I said, I do a bit of an intake because I have the background to do that. I can't promise that every cuddle party facilitator has that background. I have that background. So I, when they register, you know, um, I'll check in with them. I'll make sure that they're not self-harm or anything like that, and I will do that, and I will make sure that they're mentally fit to come um, because I value that space, uh, and there are places, you know, if somebody's on the edge already, I, I don't I don't want to have that be there for them um, or for the space, um, so I will refer them out, but it, it's not... This is not like a medical facility. We're not. We're not. This. We're not. We're not medicalizing them. We're not pathologizing them. Um, it, it's therapeutic in what it offers. It's therapeutic, like a massage is therapeutic, uh, and it's and it's just socially therapeutic. You know, people get a lot out of it. Um, and and when when you say, well, what would what would bring somebody to a cuddle party? Um, it's actually easier to tell you what would stop someone from coming, and generally that's fear. Um, but what brings a, somebody to a cuddle party is is as different as the person attending. Everybody is a, a little bit um, – everybody comes for a different reason, even facilitators, even as a facilitator. Every cuddle party I facilitate is different, um, and, and I bring something or they, you know, or I'm there for a different, a different um, purpose every time because they're they're just unique little events so i don't know if that answers your question yes thank you you're welcome all right thanks for that crystal and i mean marcella it it sounds very interesting there's a lot more in-depth than a lot of people imagine because you're talking Mm. about something that um, people get a lot out of it's not no one really gets the same thing, I guess so to speak. And so, I mean, I, I guess briefly, can you discuss like some of the success stories that maybe you've had? Um, I mean, do people have breakthroughs? Wow, yes. <laughs> um, and and just you know, without sharing names, and that's one thing we do keep privacy. Um, that's one of the things that we cover. We let people know that they can share what their experience was. Uh, they can share about me, and then they can share breakthroughs. So, one of the favorites that I've been able, you know, to be able to share is I had one cuddle party. Um, a woman had lost her mother, and recently, like right before the cuddle party, and was grieving. And did not want, like, the sympathetic, like, oh, your mom died, you know, let me blah, blah, blah. Um, right. But at the cuddle party, she could get some real authentic uh, nurturing. And one of the things that her mother and her used to do is braid her hair. So she wore her hair in plaits, and then uh, people spent the entire cuddle party 
unbraiding and rebraiding her hair as a way to honor her mother. Um, at, while that was happening at that cuddle party, uh, another woman was doing uh, an exercise I like to call reclaiming my no. Uh, again, this is about consent and healing, and a lot of people are walking around with what I call a broken no, a time when their no was not honored. And so a lot of times at cuddle parties, some people will only practice saying no. It's got to be one of the most powerful exercises I've ever seen uh, where you spend essentially two hours saying no to people, no to people that you might want to say yes to, but you're practicing being re-empowered by your no. So she spent two hours. Her husband would ask, friends would ask. It didn't matter what they asked. Um, she got to really ha- say no and have that be honored. Um, huh. so, right, right? Like that is, that is just, it was so powerful because it not only did she, you know, get to honor her no and experience what that's like, you got to watch people knowing that she was going to say no knowing that this was not something she was going to say yes to, and they continued to ask. And the level of compassion to continue to ask someone for something when you know that they're a no, it takes something to to be a stand for them to, to do that kind of activity. So that's another one. I have one, and if she's listening, she'll know who she is. She loves this work. Uh, she has also boundary issues uh, and you know, she's quite clear about how she wants to say yes to everything. She's my yes girl. And what she'll do is she will pick a part on her body, uh, and you have to guess. You have to find it. Uh, by process of elimination, the people in the party will ask and ask and ask and ask, and she, like, sticks to her no until the person finds whatever it is she's thinking about, and that's where they can touch her. Um and you know, and and so people do a lot of of different things um, to practice these these skills. Um, I think, though, one of the most um, profound breakthroughs I had was during in our training. We have to um, we have to do cuddle parties, and then we can't take any money for the ones that are practice cuddle parties. We do get paid. For cuddle parties, that is one thing I want to say. Cuddle parties are a paid event, um, uh, except for when you're in mm-hmm. training or if you decide to donate your time. And um, <laughs> I had set up this cuddle party, and this woman came for like two hours. She drove for two hours to get to where I was. And between 30 minutes and 45 minutes before everybody was supposed to come, everybody else canceled. And I don't mean like some people, I mean everybody canceled. Oh, wow. It was, oh, it was devastating. And it was like the last person, I'm on the phone with the last person as they're canceling, and she's pulling up and I can see her, (laughs) you know. And um, I've had her drive this whole way. The hell do I do? So um, I, I said, look, I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, I would have called, but everybody was counseling, and I couldn't call you because I'm answering counseling calls. Um, what do you want to do? And she says, well, I, I'm here. I, I want to do this. And so we did, um, we did the welcome circle. I got to practice. And at the end of the welcome circle, 
she looked up at me and she said, this is, this is why I just fuck people at random, because this is what I want, and this is one I, I didn't know how to ask for this. And oh. this woman had been, right, right. She'd been, she'd been having sex in lieu of getting touched and had basically just been having sex with people because she didn't know how to just ask for this. That was probably three, four years ago. I recently caught up with her. And she said that that night, that day, she drove home, and that was the last time that she did that to herself. So those are the kind of breakthroughs. Like, this is not like temporary stuff that we're dealing with. We are, we are trafficking in a high level of healing. So I hope that answers that question. Those are just some. Like, those are just off the top of my head. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, a couple of minutes, and I'll let you stretch your legs, get some water, and um, you can just (laughs) chime in once you return. But um, we'll be right back with the second half of the Talk to Q radio show. I'm on the air with Marcella Lyles, and we're discussing Coda Parties. Be right back. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? (laughs) My name is... And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. Carly, go ahead. Carly, let me thank you for having me on your show. It's so awesome to be here with you and all your listeners. I never really have a lot of pity for females when it comes to relationships. Well, I am pro-woman, but I'm not anti-man. I know the value of a good man. You know, we need more shows like this because people need as much relationship help out there as they can get. Seven two zero two zero two one five is an amber on the Talk to Q Radio show, and on the line with Miss Marcella Lyles, and we're discussing cuddle parties. Um, it's a new concept to some. To others, you may have heard it before. Um, essentially, it's 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 a lot more to it than a lot of people realize. It's more than just people showing up and kind of just huddling together as if they're cold or something and just lying there. And um, I'll admit that I did not know a lot about it. And so when I was um, introduced to Marcella and she kind of explained some of it to me, 
I thought it was pretty interesting. And I said, well, you know, it's more to it. So I will bring it to my listeners and let them judge. Because a lot of times, you know how we are, um, we hear certain things and we're like, man, I'll never do that. But we really don't know anything about it. You know, we're just looking at it on the surface because it may seem something like something that's different or, you know, it may be uncomfortable or, you know, something like that. When really we don't know how um, it can possibly benefit you or what the benefits may be or what people may actually get out of, of it. So I'm, I'm glad to have Marcella on to discuss it and we'll get to her in a second. I do want to go to the phone lines to welcome our another show legend to the 850 area code, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida. So welcome on the man in black, making his way to the rain, the home of Buck. Buck, what's going on, man? What up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? Doing well, doing well. And, Buck, I I, kind of want to ask you a question, and we'll get back to Marcella in a second. And I kind of want to ask you a question um, about this. On on the surface, or when I say when you first hear about, when you first heard about cuddle parties, on the surface, what did you envision? What was your thought? And the second part of that question is now that you've heard um, some of what Marcella has to share, has your opinion changed at all, or is it the same? Well, when I first heard, you know, heard the, the, the you know, the, you know, word cuddle party, I was thinking something more along the lines of maybe, you know, I figured it'd be adult driven, but more like, you know, maybe like a sleepover or something like that, where a bunch of people get together and, you know, maybe, you know, people that are, you know, pretty, you know, that know each other and whatnot and just kind of, you know, not knowing the concept, um, you know, something along those lines. But after hearing what she's had to say about it, I think it's a great concept. Um, it's way different than, you know, what you're expecting. But I think, you know, this kind of thing could actually help solve a lot of the issues that we are experiencing in today's time because it seems like, you know, Gone are the days of where you can even make a comment to to a woman. I mean, you can't even flirt with one now because you're, you're afraid of certain, you know, certain, certain things might happen. But with this, right. this adds a new element, a, a, a new concept to kind of help along those lines. And I think, I think it's, you know, the way it is set up, the way, you know, the way everything is set up and the, how, you know, how everything is done. It, it cuts out all the the ifs in the gray areas to where it's very simple and plain. And I think, you know, I think it'll be something that, that could help, you know, men and women. And it'll make things a whole lot easier. Okay. All right. Thanks for that. And I'll get back to you in just a moment if you have a question. And, okay. Marcel, I mean, how do you feel about um, what he's saying, the fact that, you know, he can see the benefit, uh, you know, of, of of to people as far as maybe getting involved and actually giving this a try. Uh, first of all, Buck, thank you. I'm sorry I missed the the first part of your comment. Uh, I, I I I get delighted when I hear, uh, especially men, 
uh, especially black men. I have to tell you, it, it just it just lights me up when I hear that because I think that is really what's missing. What he spoke to is what's missing. It, it is we have changed the way that people date and court. You know, if dating is actually hunting, we have not only have we changed the landscape, we have changed the tools, we have changed the rules, we have changed the fees, we have changed everything. And then nobody has any schooling. It's just like everything's just changed, <laughs> you know, like it just, you right. know, it's just different, you know, just go out there and just it's different. And, um, you know, it, it does kind of take us back to when, you know, my dad is uh, 63, and he just is amazed. He's like, I don't even know how you do it, <laughs> you know, because half the stuff that we have to put up with, my father is like, I wouldn't even. I just, I no, it's, I don't need it that bad, you know, because <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just not, there are no, there's nothing, there's no, there's no, there's nothing that is safe anymore. Um, it's not safe for women. It's also not safe for men. And I do agree with him that this creates a safe and equal playing ground. These are the rules. This is how everybody is agreeing to conduct themselves. If you don't conduct yourself that way, you are asked to leave the cuddle party. If you are, if I have to ask you to leave, there's no refund. Like if I have to come over and say you're not honoring the rules. Uh, if you don't honor the rules after a cuddle party, like I recently had a person who kept messaging me after a cuddle party. Uh, no, that that will get you kicked out of future cuddle parties. So there is not only is there, there are rules, there is a mutual accountability, I think, that could be really helpful to dating. Um, so I, I totally concur with what he's saying is that it is something that could be really helpful. You know, people are like, well, what's a good first date? A cuddle party. Really, honestly. A cuddle party is an amazing first date because okay. you learn so much about the person, you know? Very interesting. Uh, I never thought about that for a first date. It seems like oh, it would be okay. so taboo to so many people. I mean, do you cuddle with each other or with – maybe I'm thinking too much into it. Uh, <laughs> no, you're, you're, okay, listen, listen. Let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna be kind and gentle. I'm gonna take something because it's in the background, and I know as a facilitator that it's in the background, and you okay. are being so kind as to not <laughs> bring it up. But let us talk about arousal. Can we please just talk about arousal? Can there. we please talk <laughs> about what happens there. when an erection shows up? Right. Can we please <laughs> have that conversation? It's inauthentic not to have that conversation, you know? So look, hard penises happen. They happen. It's it's it and, and let's and let's really not just focus on male arousal. Women get aroused too, you know. Our pupils dilate, our nipples get hard. Uh, we we have distinct ways of displaying arousal. We get flushed. Yes, it's not as noticeable as an erect penis, but there it is. So one of the things I love about Cuddle Party, because people are like, it's non-sexual. What happens to the penis? We cut them all off. No, I'm joking. I'm sorry. Oh, that's terrible. That's oh, wow. bad humor. No, I'm just, I'm sorry. That's bad. <laughs> Can we go back? No. Listen, here's what we do. We really just, we just create a space that that might happen, you know? And we treat it for the first time, I think, ever. We treat penises and erect penises and arousal as if there's something that might happen. And what we do is we treat them like grown-ups. That's what we do. And there's this whole part about arousal in the welcome circle. And 
you just would be amazed what happens when a man is told up front or that he, if he has an erection, that's fine. We're just going to treat it like anything else. If he needs to go somewhere and handle it, that's fine. He's just not going to handle it in oh. this space, right? Like he's not going to handle it. And when I say handle it, I mean like most people are not going in the bathroom and masturbating. I mean I'm just saying they just adjust and they just move their position and they oh, just okay. treat a they treat <laughs> a an you said handle it, like I, I understand. I like I said, I'm I apologize. I am a sexuality educator and I am a Scorpio, so some of the sex humor still comes up. Oh gosh, that was another one. Um <laughs> but, but <laughs> Now I know that we definitely have like minds. I'm a Scorpio too. So go ahead. Yeah, right. So you know, don't 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 do don't do double entendres around us. We catch them. Listen. So what we do is we treat them like a grown up, and I don't think that most men have had an an experience where their their erection is normalized and yet not sexualized. Um, okay. it's, it can be it, it can be a really um, freeing um, experience, both for women and for men. So again, you know, going back to what Buck said, let's just take that on. You know, it, it happens. Erections happen. Erect nipples happen. This is normal. What would it be like if we just went around and treated people like? Them being the sexual beings that they are being uh, and having that, it would be just normal. Like it's just a normal thing. You just move your pants, you know, you step out, you get a drink of water. I don't know. For women, you kind of, you know, walk away, fan your face, you know, put a sweater on. You know, um, it, it's just managed. It's, it, we don't, we do not down arousal. We just give tools to handle it without having sex or touching anybody's genitals, or feeling anybody up, which is not new to most people. Okay. So, yeah, so we'll just go ahead and take that out of the background, because I know it's there. Yeah, yeah, like I said, I was getting around to that, and uh, when we get into the discussion of consent, and um, again, 347-202-0215 is the number. For those of you who are on hold, if you want to make a comment or ask, Marcella a question then press one on your dial pad and that will enter you in the host queue and I know that you're ready to speak or if you just want to chill on hold and listen then that's fine um so let's talk consent because Ooh. and I'll get back to my show legends in just a second um as far as consent is concerned that's a like word of the day these days mm-hmm. because you know we're seeing all this sexual harassment and sexual assault allegations coming out almost, you know, every other day. And so in a situation where people are actually physically making contact, like you said earlier about, you know, you can't move from a shoulder to an elbow or whatever without getting some form of consent. And I understand that it's important, but can consent, um, having to get consent for almost everything you do, can that take away from the experience? I mean, how can it how can the experience, I guess, be kind of flow seamlessly if you're constantly having to get permission to do this, this, that? That's a wonderful question, and I'm going to actually kick it back to you a little bit. What is it that we have lived in our society where asking for permission would interrupt the normalcy of our lives? 
where are we? What is, where, where is being in tune with this other person and, and really deeply connected to them? That would interrupt our interaction with people. What we're asking for is being present in the moment. What we're asking mm-hmm. you to do, what we're asking you to do is to be deeply connected to that person and their welfare. What we're asking you to do is to be mindful. How long does it take to be mindful that people think that being mindful would interrupt something? That's a very good question for us all to really contemplate. Like we have it that, you know, it's going to it's gonna interrupt something. Why? Why would it be interruptive to just say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm on your shoulder now. Would you mind if I hold your hand? How long did that take? It takes okay. two seconds. So it's really, I, I get what people are concerned about. I've seen that out in the, the news, some of the outright people, you know, they're really, you know, trying to discredit this whole Me Too thing and make really crass jokes about, like, New Year's Eve and we can't even have fun anymore. Like, I just want to know what does the society think of men predominantly? Why do we think that they are such Neanderthals? They can't be mindful. What is it that we are saying about men that they can't be present, they can't be thoughtful, they can't be compassionate or caring? What are we saying about that? That's the question I have for people who ask me that question. I didn't know it took that long. I I didn't know that asking if you're okay and checking in um, was a problem. So I, I don't I, I don't have that experience. I don't think that people who go to a cuddle party have that experience. Um, if somebody's listening and you've been to a cuddle party, I would love to hear what that is because I'm I'm mostly facilitating them. So um, although I do cuddle, I mine is my job is really to hold the space. But I've never had somebody say, "Oh my God, that was horrible. I had to ask 15 times." Like we just it just it just be. <laughs> I just, I've never had that complaint. I'm never coming to a cuddle party ever again. I had to ask to touch too much. Like, that just doesn't happen. What happens instead is you really get connected to this other person as a person that you are engaging with mindfully and not an object onto which you are visiting an experience. Why are we so worried about changing that that that's the question i have so okay. I, you know i and, yeah and i guess that's important and i've noticed because you've you've discussed um consent since the the beginning of the show and i guess yeah. that's why it's important and you also talked about communication because mm-hmm. when you hear about a cuddle party and if you know nothing about it you're essentially well, not everyone, but a lot of people are essentially thinking, okay, if you're a woman, you're probably thinking, I don't want some guy filling me up. And if you're a guy, you're wondering if it's going to be weird or someone's going to, you know, be standoffish or something and you've wasted your money, so to speak. And I guess by learning more about the cuddle party and um, the guidelines, the rules and expectations, I think it can kind of cast away some of the myths that people have that this is not like a relationship you may have with a significant other where you kind of already know it's okay to do this, this, and this, 
and you know you can feel comfortable with them. This is a little different because if you're a lady that's going to this, you may not, or you've heard about it, you may not know that a guy is going to communicate and ask what you're comfortable with and things of that nature. So I think it's good that you you've really expressed that part because um, I think that will definitely open people's eyes a lot more to the color party. So well, I think can I just pause? Can I just pause you right there, just because you brought uh-huh. up something that I I I only presence if it brings up, and that is when couples come, you really see how much they take each other for granted. You really see like some it is some real telltale stuff. Like I can tell by watching a couple in this relationship while they're in cuddling at a cuddle party, it reestablishes some stuff because. Maybe she didn't want you to slap her on her ass while she was cleaning the celery. Maybe she Uh. just wanted to clean the celery, you know? Maybe she just had a hard day. Maybe children were climbing on her. And and maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody put gum in her hair. And here you come thinking you are being so sexy. And the last thing she thought about was stabbing you with that celery because you didn't ask. You didn't ask, and you just visited an experience onto her. And while it might be, you know, it might not seem sexy, when what couples learn in cuddle parties is how much they are not in tune with each other, how they don't talk, how they don't communicate, how they don't spend time with each other. And like I said, when you asked me what led me to this, that piece is what was missing for a lot of my couples. A lot of my couples, the guy was doing what I call the genie touch. Ladies and gentlemen, you will know this touch because it looks like this. I touched you once, I touched you twice, I touched you three times, I get my wishes. Let's go to the room. That Mm. shit doesn't work. It's not sexy. Cut it out. Women are annoyed by it. They don't want to tell you. I'm telling you on behalf of them. They don't like it. It winds them up in therapy. Okay? We have to do better. <laughs> we have to do better. Nice. You know, it, okay. it, because now touch has to lead to something. And when touch has to lead to something, you don't get touched. When touch is just touch, it can go anywhere. You see? And that's the part that I really, for couples, since you brought it up, and couples now have to practice asking, um, that's a key piece. Not only, and not only that, but I am one of the only facilitators that was trained to also do this with children. Uh, and I do it with my son, and my son is one of my kid coaches. And it's really amazing what happens when kids are in a space where mom can say no and dad can say no, um, and that that that's fundamental. That is when kids learn body autonomy, you change the planet. You know, they they're learning that their body is their body, my mom's body is her body, my dad's body is his body. However, that works out, um, and it really does change things. So just because okay. you brought that up, but to your callers. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I do have another caller on, um, and we'll get ready to start wrapping things up. I have a caller. From the 720 area code, which I believe is the Centennial State of Colorado. Caller, what's your Woo-hoo. name? Oh, uh, Brittany. Sorry. Hey, hey Brittany. Brittany, hi. Got a question or a comment hey. from Marcella? 
Um, well, Marcella just brought up she was well backwards backtracking, I guess. Unfortunately, sorry. Um, she was bringing up how people learn how to take those things that they learn inside of the cuddle party outside of it and relay it. Um, I happen to be the person who has the boundary rule where you have to pick the spot. And I just recently ended up using everything in cuddle parties in real life. Um, Mm. I just got separated from my husband and I was, I was in a sauna, we'll say with a boss of mine. Um, And that situation, I was attracted to him and he was attracted to me, but holding on to those boundaries of, okay, Brittany, you've taught yourself to just stay away and to, you've, you've taught yourself to say no, be in a situation where there is arousal and where, I mean, we held a perfectly, we held a business convert, we held a business meeting in a hot tub and it was, I mean, we work at, we work at, that situation it's we're at a spring so it's business um but we were able to hold that space and I was able to use what I learned by just okay I'm going to sit here I'm going to be okay with being in the space as opposed to actually doing something like she said when that arousal comes around how do you make it be an adult um and so being able to use that but then later um I actually used my words and I was like, okay, now that we're off of work premises, now that everything is out on the table, I find you attractive and this is what I think. And I was able to create those boundaries and we've been building boundaries because I learned how to do the first step. Like once you start the boundaries, the other people tend to respect those and that just how I've been able to use it from there. Okay. So, like I said, if Brittany, I, and I caught, she loves this stuff, and I, I did mention her earlier. She's uh, she's my boundaries girl, and she does bring up um she does bring up some really good points. That there's actually a book out there called Everything I Need to Know I Learned in Cuddle Party. Um, a lot of these skills that people are learning can impact your business. Uh, For one, I I love the one, you know, about arousal, how to be aroused in a situation and then, you know, not act on it but honor your boundaries like Brittany said. But there's also if you're a maybe say no, um, a lot of people are overly accommodating and they say maybe when they really mean no. Like I may, do you want to go to you know watch paint dry? Sure, maybe I'll check my schedule. Nobody wants to watch fucking paint dry. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to do that. But we won't say no, and we learn what the freedom is when we just say no instead of maybe. We learn what it is to honor the fact that we're aroused without making it bad or wrong, and just be in a space that could be arousing, and not act on it. So thank you, Brittany, because. No, that just makes me feel so good. It's like a call from home. Oh, that's lovely. Love you, beautiful lady. You've changed my life and cuddle parties. I get, can't wait till you come back so I can have another one. 
Yes, ma'am. I, I got it. <laughs> Love you. Love you. Love you. Take good Bye. care. Bye. Well, thank you, Brittany, <laughs> for sharing and participating. And so, Marcella, if someone wants to sign up and be a part of this, what do they do? So if they want to, so there's different ways to be involved. If you want to just participate in a cuddle party in your area, the best thing to do is to go to www.cuddleparty, uh, that's all one word, C-U-D-D-L-E-P-A-R-T-Y.com, and look for a facilitator in your area. Uh, I want to tell you right off the bat, I'm one of the only facilitators that I know of color. I know there's some more. So if you're interested in this work, please sign up. Please become a facilitator. We need more. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a way to generate income. Like I said, we do get paid. Uh, but you do have to go through training. If you don't find a facilitator in your area, then contact the nearest one. You know, I'm between uh, Colorado and, and Texas. Uh, I do, when I'm ever at, in Colorado, I, uh, I do one. Like I said, she's looking for the next one. Um, in Texas, we're a little saturated, so I don't do as many, but I would love to do some more. Um, if you're looking for a particular facilitator, you know, or what they're into, because a lot of different demographics want to be represented. People of color want a facilitator that looks like them. Trans people want a facilitator that looks like them. Older people want a facilitator that looks like them. So if this is something that you want to do for work, um, become a facilitator. If you want to host one, find a facilitator. Um, we're always, you know, looking for that. Um, if you want to be a one-on-one facilita- uh, tr- uh, cuddle party facilitator or, like, you know, do cuddling, uh, cuddlists make $80 an hour. I want to go back and want to say that again really oh, slow. Okay. Yeah, because, I, uh, because when I say that, people lose their mind. I want you to know that people are getting eight zero eighty dollars an hour uh to cuddle one-on-one and there's still no sex (laughs) there's still no nudity there's still no drugs (laughs) there's still no alcohol and uh you can sign up for that training at uh, www.cuddlelist c-u-d-d-l-i-s-t dot com that is managed by two of the board members of uh cuddle party um and they're they're just doing a great job you can find a cuddlelist Uh, on that website as well. Uh, If you have any questions for me, you can reach out to me. I'm on Facebook. I'm one of uh, Thank You's uh, friends. I'm D. Marcella Lyles. You can also send me a text or ask a question. Um, You can text me at 720-588-3227, 720-588-3227. I also have, um, you can ask me a question. Um, I'm at askmarcella.sara. H-A-H.com. I don't know how to say that word. Sarah Ha, I don't know. Um, but there's lots of ways to, to do this. Uh, and like I said, my only request for people, because I care about your safety, is to make sure that you're with a, a certified cuddle party facilitator. Do, do a little bit of background work. Um, there's a lot of these things just kind of springing up and people saying that they have training that they don't have. This is really more than like like you said it's more than what people think it is please make sure that the person that you're working with is certified in some kind of somatic arts work or at least check them out on cuddle party make sure that they're certified so that you get what you're paying for so that that's how you would do that 
All right, sounds good. Cuddleparty.com. If you want to learn how to participate or if you want to be a cuddleist, go to cuddleist.com. All right. And, well, Marcella, I appreciate you taking the time. I know we've gone a little over an hour. Real quick, let me go back to Buff and Crystal to see if they have any final thoughts or questions for you. Sure. And I'll get them back on the air. Buck, Crystal? Yeah, I'm here. Do you have any? Um, No, I... No, I Go think ahead, it's uh, really interesting. I checked out um, the website, and um, it seems to be a very long uh, following for several yeah. years. So, yeah, we've been around for about uh, thirteen thirteen years. We're not we're not new, you know. We've been here for a long time. <laughs> we're world. We're like international. <laughs> so, you know, yes. we're, we're here. Buck, did you have any questions? I think this is this is good. I mean, this is uh, the the find out this information. And yes, I see y'all are international, um, you know, all the way down under in Australia. I think this is just pretty cool to um, you know see this. And there needs to be more of it, especially in today's time. Um, I think it will, you know, um, the the ba- you know to have boundaries, and they always get run over. Um, this right here gives you. You know, you, it, it gives something that's been missing in society, not only from a boundary standpoint, but a communication standpoint, because I think now we don't know how to communicate with each other, whether you're a man or a woman. I mean, that's and that's the reason why there's such a disconnect. This allows you to have a connection and a positive connection, and there's, you know, there's no worries, you know. So this is something that would definitely change the landscape if more people get involved in doing this, and it will, it will take down a lot of the barriers that people have that they've thrown up because they don't know how to communicate to each other. And I always say communication is key. This is, this is a definitely something that you learn how to communicate. I, I just think a lot of people now don't know how to, and that's the reason why you, when you go out, when you, you go out to bars or anything like that, this, I mean, all the chivalry and all the other stuff is all gone. You don't, people don't know how to talk to each other. And that's the reason why there's so many issues. So now, you know, this is something that's been around for a while that, you know, that's actually working and people need to take advantage of it because it's out there. Oh, can I keep him? <laughs> I love him. Can I just, oh, that's, I just want you to follow around and do promos. Like, come on, this is awesome. Especially for hey, the I can male voice. From, especially from the male voice and especially for black men, I that voice is very needed. So, you know, I, I just thank you. Thank you both. Uh, but thank you also for really tapping into that male voice that needs that needs that healing as well. So thank you very much. Mm. I think I think the guys need it probably more so because, I mean, now, you know, with everything the way it's, the way it's happening now, it's got to a point where you just don't even speak. You know, it's, it, it's gotten that bad. I mean, people may not realize it, but it has gotten to a point to where, I mean, you, you're scared the same thing or you can give a compliment. So, the, you know, it, it needs to be something out there, and I think this is this is something that will help not only women, but I think it will help a lot of guys. It will keep us out of trouble. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So what All do right. Now? Thanks for that, Buck. And, Marcella, one more time where people can, can reach you. 
Um, okay, so like I said, uh, I have a Facebook page. I'm D Marcella Lyles, uh, M-E-D. I also have a Twitter page. You can look me up on Twitter. I do have a group specifically. It's called uh, Cuddlers of Color. Again, uh, that group is is designed to help people of color really come over and overcome some of these taboos and things like you know, but both. Buck and Crystal were speaking about specifically for people of color. Uh, I, you know, I'm. You can look me up on the Cuddle Party page. I'm there. Um, you know, them. Just look me up. Call me. Text me. Connect through you. I'm also in your group, so people can message me there. And uh, yeah, like I said, uh, and the, and if you have any questions for me specifically, you can also email me. I'm D Marcella Lyles M E D at Gmail dot com. That's another great way to just. Uh, Email me, just dmarcellaliles.med at gmail. So thank you for having me. This was fun. Yay. All right, and thank, thank you, you for coming on to the show. Definitely appreciate you taking time to do this. Um, it has been very interesting. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. Um, so, and hopefully my listeners have as well. And uh, for Buck and Crystal, please hold on ever. Another topic or two I want to get into with you before we shut things down, but Marcella, again, I appreciate you coming on, and hopefully we can do this again in the future. Hopefully so. Thank you. Thank you, all of you, and have a great night, and uh, just be well. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, All right. And so, let's see, Buck, Crystal, a couple of things before we go ahead and, and, and shut the door tonight. Um, and I really appreciate Marcella taking the time to join the show and kind of educate us a little bit because you you know how I am when it comes to this show. We hear a lot of things, and on the surface, we're looking at it like, man, I'd never do that, but we really don't know a lot about it, and I like to bring people on, let them give their side, let them explain how it works so people can be informed before they make their opinions, and I'm very glad that she came on and shed some light on this so that people can go into it and actually know what it's all about rather than just think it's just uh, something or somewhere for people to go and grope on others or, or, or something that, that is not. So I'm um, thankful for her for coming on. All right. Um, first place I want to go, just two quick topics, and they both relate to politics. And um, last week, we came across everyone's favorite, I guess, TV villain, if you want to call her that, Omarosa, uh, removed from the White House or resigned from the White House or whatever she wants to say happened. And, Crystal, I'll start with you on this because this is someone who is not liked by a lot of people, okay? Now, back when she was, I think she was, wasn't she engaged to Michael Clark Duncan or something when he passed? I don't know if they were engaged or not, but I know they were um, together. I don't know if they were actually engaged at the time he passed, but yeah, yeah. they were together. At okay, one time. back during that time, together. Back during that time, I think a lot of people may have been sympathetic with her, so to speak. Um, I don't know, but she had a certain reputation about herself, and now she's yet another person to leave the White House. Just from your point of view, do you think this is something where? She just didn't get along with someone, and they decided she was expendable. You know, did her personality, I guess, get in the way again? Or do you believe her when she said that she just resigned because, you know, to pursue other opportunities? 
No. She didn't resign to pursue other opportunities. Of course, getting fired, you know, automatically brings up new opportunities <laughs> that you have to find. So, you know, but that's what everybody says when they get fired. They say, I resigned to go on to other opportunities. Um, you know, yeah, her personality, I mean, if you've ever watched um, Celebrity Apprentice or just The Apprentice, it's something that she came on and she's just um, the regular apprentice. And um, she has a very strong uh, confrontational attitude, and she's always had that. Um, it is something that has permeated throughout, you know, her life as it's um, on TV, probably more exaggerated on TV um, when she was in that, just like Trump, which is probably why they got along so well um, because of that. But um, they have the same kind of personality or whatever. Uh, so I, I really do feel, and from what other people have said, uh, about her, people who worked in the White House or whatever, I mean, and been around her, they said that it was just too much. She was um, overbearing, and it was, you know, it was ridiculous. It wasn't like a regular person coming in to work at the White House, even though she tries to make everybody remember that she did work at the White House before or whatever. Um, but she is more of an entertainer than she is a... Um, a White House staffer or anything political, same as her bestie, Trump. So, you know, two peas in a pod, and, the, you know, people get fired there because they they don't belong there in the first place. You know, they don't belong in the White House. They don't belong in that uh, arena. So it was, I don't know, she was um, fired because, you know, it just became too much. And finally, we get to a point where, okay, now you can be fired. Whatever protection that was over, I'm sure the whole, the year, his first year is what he wanted to get past. And now that he has, then, you know, I guess that was their out to say, okay, we're done here. So get her out. Mm-mm. And, Buck, do you have, do you have um, anything you want to comment on it regarding um, yes. Amoroso? Everyone's. Yeah. Favorite bad chick, I guess. I don't know what you want to call it. Well, this is this is a little bit different, and I know this now. I've read a couple of articles on this on Amorosa and the reason why she left. Um, she actually spoke out and said the reason why she left because she saw things in the White House that she would, you know, she could no longer support. And as a result of those things, you know, she decided to step away. Um, now I'm not a real fan of hers. But I, you know, you have to look. You got to look at the, you know, everything that has happened so far, you know, in his first year of presidency. There's a lot of things he's probably that he's done that a lot of people just don't like. Um, so I mean, the fact that he doesn't have a full cabinet, um, therefore he's just pretty much doing whatever. You know, he's he's making decisions without, you know, without other people that have political knowledge because he does not have political knowledge. He just, you know, he's just doing this fly-by-wire act and kind of bullying his way through things without the, you know, without, you know, the proper rep- representation to help him make good decisions. So as a result of that, I mean, that he's losing people by, you know, some of the same people he brought in, they're already gone. And, this, you know, 
I, I, I believe her when she says that, you know, she saw things that, you know, that just don't, you know, measure up. You know, she I think she had some political background before. I think she worked in the White House once, once before, if I'm correct. So she kind of knows how things are supposed to go. But, um, you know, the thing is, is that when you have, when you start seeing people fall by the wayside, and we've seen several since he's been in the office, um, you know, yeah, I know she's not the most liked person, you know, and, you know, especially when they, you know, we all kind of scoffed at the fact that she was, you know, back in the White House or whatnot and, you know, under his regime. But I think we, uh, this is no surprise that she's no longer there, you know. So, you know, but this time, you know, you you can cry foul so many times because she has in the past. It does not seem like, you know, it's just. But, you know, I think she had a, a reason for, you know, saying that, you know, i got to get out of here because, you know, I can't be, you know, I can't, you know, put myself in a situation where, you know, I support some of these views or whatever he's doing in the White House because none of, none, of, none of us really know. So, um, you know, I think we need to kind of listen to what she has to say for once in our lives to find out what's actually going on because she's not one that's going to sit there and be quiet. So once she's, you know, officially all the way out, I'm quite sure we're going to hear a whole lot. You know, she's going to stir the pot a little bit once, you know, once everything is finally finalized. So I think we need to kind of stay tuned and see what's going on. Um, Because I think this time she has a legitimate gripe. No, she's full of shit. She does have something coming out. It's called a book. Um, And so she is definitely portraying that. The only reason why she, you know, some of the things that she didn't like is because she got a new boss, and the boss was not feeling her. And so they, you know, butt heads. And I can't, you know, remember his name off the top. But, and a lot of other things that happened there that shouldn't have happened. I mean, yeah, a lot of his cabinet did leave. So a lot of the people who came in um, with them, their crew or whatever, um, who probably put up with a lot of different things. They probably were a lot like um, Trump and her and, and the rest. So therefore, yeah, she's basically almost the last to go, you know, in a way. She lasted the longest, really, um, mm-hmm. maybe because she wasn't so involved in a lot of the actual political things that were happening. I mean, her job was kind of a fluff piece. So I think she's full of shit. I think she's a drama queen, and I think that she is doing, she's continuing what she's always done. And, yeah, it's going to be uh, a book, and that's why she's not talking about it, because she has to complete her um, her time there, quote-unquote, in her job. Um, she has, I think, what, it's October 20th or whatever, or sometime in January. And once that's completed, then she can come out full and promote her book, which is what this is all about, to continue uh, in the limelight. And, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I just think she's full of shit. I mean, I, I do not, I respect her hustle, but, um, you know, I never begrudge anyone their hustle or whatever, and she has made some, at least some pretty powerful friends, at least in Trump, um, and when Trump finishes, you know, this realm, and we'll hopefully get him out, and at least for have him in for one term only, um, then he'll go back to doing what he always does, which is entertainment. I mean, that's what he's all about. So, and she'll be right there with the team. 
Uh, and that's why, you know, when she left, you know, he was not like, oh, yes, we had to get her out, we had to do this, or it wasn't, wasn't a great. No, because nothing is wrong between the two of them. Okay, he's still, you know, behind her and vice versa. So, yeah, I mean, she's kind of pumping up. I have something, you know, just I have to say. I have, you know, something that no one else can. Of course, because she she is going to write or has written or whatever. um, This little tell-all, quote-unquote, book. Um, Some of it's, I'm sure, true. Some of it's not true. Who cares? But I think no one, she's not credible. So no one gives a shit. The people who will buy the book will be just for pure, you know, train wreck kind of stuff. I just want to read it. You know, just I just want to see what this shit this is. Um, and others will ignore it. I mean, whatever. And, <laughs> I mean, to me, Robin Roberts put it so perfectly. You know, bye, Felicia. <laughs> it was just hilarious when she said that. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> but um, she's not credible on any level. I mean, come back out, get another reality TV show, which I'm sure she's trying to do anyway, and, hey, we'll watch that. But don't come at me as if you're going to present something in a real political way, as if it means anything. And guess what? We're not your people. So, whatever. But I respect her. I respect her hustle. I respect her as who she is, which is an entertainer. And she needs to stick to that. Because that's what she is. Hey, anytime Robin Roberts is saying "Bye, Felicia," you know is you know you're not liked. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. So, but we'll see what happens next for Miss Amarosa Manigal, whatever her name is. Um, and of course, you can always go to getcrystallized.net to get more on that story. But uh, last thing, and we'll get ready to shut this down. This whole Trump GOP tax thing. All right. You know, there are a couple of senators who said, uh, Republican senators who said, hey, I'm not going to pass this, have turned around and said, hey, I'm going to pass this. Um, Most of it's good. It may not be that bad, yada, yada, yada. And everyone, and when I say everyone, I mean the experts, have all said that this tax bill it might give the middle class like a little brief relief starting in February. And, you know, we may be happy um, maybe for a few days, but at some point over time, it's going to cost us more. It's going to affect people's health care. Um, so there'll be possibly another 13 million people without health care between now and 2027. And it allows the rich to get richer and the corporations to, make even greater profits and widen the gap between employees and CEOs and all that stuff. So, uh, Buck, I'll start with you on this one. What do you think about the bill? There's nothing really we can do right now. Do we just deal with it until we get some people in office who may be able to repeal it? Or, I mean, what's the course of action here? Or do you think the bill is good? I mean, how do you feel about it? I don't think the bill is good for the middle class. It may be on the short term, but, you know, anytime you, you – tax return is – tax reform is one of those slippery slopes. You know, the United States right now is in a situation where we owe a lot of people money. The, the debts and, the, you know, 
trillions or whatever it is, it, it's really, really bad. And this adds to it. Um, so the thing is, is that in order for, you know, this is what Trump does not understand and most CEOs or people that hire up in business don't understand. The country is support is carried by the middle class. It's not carried by the, you know, the one percenters, okay? The one percenters already got enough money, okay? The middle class is the one that needs money because they, they, we're the backbone of the country, Okay. A short-term fix is not, you know, with our debt being the way it is, a short-term fix is not the answer. We need a long-term fix. And we don't need something that's going to add $1.2 trillion to the deficit the way it is right now. Um, it did not pass yet. It has stalled out. I know there were some reports earlier today that they said it did pass, but it did not. So there has to be monumental change for the middle class, and it has to be long-term in order to, you know, in order for it to work, you can't just keep putting putting money in the rich people's pockets. They just going look what Trump's done when he's had a bunch of money. He's been bankrupt four times. Okay, he's bankrupting he's bankrupting the country with this tax this tax bill. It makes no sense. There are some good parts to the bill, but there needs to be more tweaking done. But it needs to be tweaking not for the one percenters but the ones that are actually the backbone of the country, which is the middle class. And that's, you know, it, we can't, you know, the corporations don't need any, they probably need a tax break, but the corporations that need a tax break are the ones that are taking all their manufacturing jobs and carrying them overseas. Give them a tax break to bring them back here. The ones that are here don't need such a big tax break. They may need a little one, but not give them one for staying here, but it doesn't need to be something that's continual. You know, it needs to be something that's. Um, I would say it needs to be kind of not prorated is not the word, but something that depreciates over time. Uh, let's say, for example, if you've never taken your, you know, your manufacturing overseas. Okay, let's say. This year, since you've done been consistently in the United States, we'll give you, I'm just going to say for small money, a $10,000 tax break. So it would be a whole lot more if you're you know, a bigger corporation, but I'm just trying to get people to understand what I'm saying here. Next year, you still have your manufacturing going over here, then you get a $9,000 or maybe an $8,000 tax break, okay? And for, you know, one, and you cap it to where if you continue to have your, your workers, in the United States, you cap it at about three to five thousand dollars, okay, and you get that tax break every year, okay. Maybe it could be over the whole. I'm just saying this just for small money, so you understand it. That makes sense, okay. They don't need to be getting a 23. I think if they went from 31 to 29 percent tax break, okay. That may be that may be okay, but what does that help me? You know, what does that help you? It it really doesn't. That helps the people that's already got a lot of money. You know, the child tax care credit. There's a lot of people that you know look forward to that. They took it up to fourteen fourteen hundred dollars. Fourteen hundred dollars is a drop in the bucket when you're raising kids in today's time. That needs to be two two to three thousand dollars per per child. Now you're getting somewhere. Okay. 
um, maybe lower their Social Security tax just a hair. You know, maybe it's at 5.2% is coming after your check. I'm just saying this for small money. Maybe drop it to 4.5%. These are things that need to be, these are the tweaks that I'm saying that needs to be done for this tax bill in order for it to work for the middle class, okay? So there's things that need to be done, but this is what we're going to need the Republicans and the Democrats to come together to hash out these things on the floor. Okay. And, Crystal, do you have anything to add or disagree or agree with on that? Okay. First of all, the bill is going to pass. Number two, he doesn't give a shit. The Republicans, they don't give a shit. Um, his, the reason he is president, outside of his ego, is to help himself. Now, he's a billionaire, but he only has like $3 billion, not a lot. Um, he's trying to make more. That's why he is on the side of his other billionaire friends who have more, hell of a lot more money than he does. Uh, and they want to make money. That's why he's the president. He has made promises to them. Now, he fooled these um, <clears throat> yahoos in the middle of Utah, wherever the fuck they are, and he used them to make him president. He doesn't care about them. He doesn't care about the middle class. He doesn't care about any of that shit. And he, he's already proven He's proven before he even became president that no one was paying attention to that. When he became president, he just did everything he said he was going to do for them. This whole time, it's all a, all been about the 1%, you know, um, and then only a percentage of those 1%, okay? <laughs> so it, he doesn't care. And there will be nothing anyone could say to make him change his mind. The only way you are going to make you want to change in America, first of all, you got to get him out of there. You got to stop freaking putting people in office that uh, have absolutely no interest in you. And the only way to do that is for the American people to get off their ass and start finding out who are the people in office, who is running for your office. That goes from the councilman in your local town all the way up. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to run, I'm going to vote for the president. Oh, well, these two people, I don't like either one of them, so I'm not going to vote at all. Fucking idiot. That's why he is in the presidency right now laughing at you because you didn't do your due diligence to get out there and figure stuff out from the bottom to the top. And, you know, you talk about you talk about fucking Congress, you don't even know who your congressmen are. And, you, I mean, because you don't even vote until the big time. And then when people are saying, oh, you need to vote, oh, oh well, um, they're trying to stop me at the polls, well, do you have what it takes? Do you know what you're supposed to have when you go and vote? Right. Don't complain that somebody is telling you, oh, you got to have your driver's license, you got to have this, or, well, you should have registered. And they go, oh, they're trying to stop me. From voting now, no, you should have known that because it, it, you don't wait until the Tuesday 
in November to vote, you have to be doing this all the time. You need to be listening to these people who are, you know, maybe a councilman who decided, oh, I think I want to run for a state senator or I think I want to run for the mayor or whatever. And then, oh, who are these people? Well, then all of a sudden you got these people running for Senate. And then you don't even know who they are. But they've been in your town for years. You haven't been paying attention because they were too small fry, and that would take effort to figure out who they are and what, you know. Politicians are salesmen. If you, and it's just like analogy is just like a drug dealer. Your drug dealers sell drugs. Why? Because that's what you want to buy. If you, If everybody just wanted to buy um, well, let's say cuddle parties. <laughs> that's what they would sell. <laughs> you know? Why do we rob banks? Because that's where the money is. So if you take a, a chance to think about every election, then you would get people in there, and then you would make your politicians go, okay, wait, I have to pay attention to my constituency because if I don't, I'm not going to be elected again. You have to make them work for the job that they have, but Americans don't do that. They would do, um, you think there's any coincidence that the tax bill is coming out at Christmas? <laughs> You're not paying attention. Exactly. And it's, it's too late. It is too late, yep. people, to just accept yep. whatever the hell is coming, and you need to start figuring out what Democrat or Republican, whatever, who can replace this son of a bitch. Because obviously you can't get them out. You know, you keep fucking around, you can't get them out. And this tax bill, it's a payday loan. It's like, I was like, oh, here, here, stupid yeah. little ants. Here's a few thousand dollars. Woo! Yeah, it'll be great. I'll give you a few thousand dollars for eight years. Guess what? I'm gone after that. I don't give a fuck what happens to you. But we, on the other end, because we have plenty of time to wait, we already have billions. I can wait eight years for my payday. You know, I mean, think. <laughs> think, people. But anyway, yeah, he doesn't give a shit, and it is going to pass. You know, this is the thing that people don't understand, and, and I've said this several times in the show. And Crystal just, you know, spoke so eloquently. Um, the thing is, is that, you know, the 1% is the only thing he really thinks about. And, you know, remember his campaign slogan? He says he loves the uneducated. You know why he loves the uneducated? And most of the jokers, now I'm not saying all of them, but most of the ones that, you know, supporting him are all uneducated because they think that, you know, they're gonna, somehow, some way that he's going to do some things to help them. He's going to put you in the poll house, people. So you need to pay attention. Um, you know, some of these things that you might see, you know, you need to pay attention to politics. You know, and this is, you know, this is, uh, you know, him being elected, you know, we've had people that are entertainers, you know, like Ronald Reagan has become, pre- you know, become president in the past and others. But the thing is, is that they put the correct people around them to help them politically so they can make good decisions. He didn't have anybody hardly around him now to help him make good decisions. That should be a warning sign, okay, because if you got people that are not around you to help you make political decisions, that could be detrimental to this country, not only to the United States, 
but abroad, I mean, he is basically, you know, you got to have tactfulness as a president, okay? He does not have that. He's pissing off everybody. It's not just people here in the United States. He's pissing off people overseas and our allies because he does not know what to say or how to say it or how to do it. So he's just, you know, he's bullying his way through it. He's not making a lot, you know, he's not doing the things that we need him to do as president. So what do we do about it? You know, yeah, they've already tried the impeachment thing. They tried it a little bit too early. It didn't work. The thing is, is that you need to contact your representatives in your state, you know, and, you know, put your make your views heard. So that way they can take those views if they're really trying to do their job properly. Take them to the take them to the White House, and maybe they can be heard. And maybe when enough of us join together and stand together and make those th- make our issues known, maybe just maybe we can we can turn the corner. But we are, it, it takes a concentrated effort. It takes all of us. Um, it, ta- it it's more than just showing up at the polls. Okay. Politics is something important because we live by these rules and guidelines on a day-to-day basis. But, you know, you, we have to pay attention. We can't turn a blind eye to this because this is important because this is our country. This is the place that we live, and we've got to do something about it. And in order to, for us to not get any other idiots in, you know, up there in the White House, then it's up to us collectively to make good decisions and there's enough out there, there's enough social media that need to use it for the right reason. And, you know, do backgrounds on these people that we're voting for. So, therefore, we won't have, you know, things like this happening in our country. Very good, both of you. I think you all hit some things right on the hood of this. Um, and, unfortunately, right now we're kind of at everyone's mercy because – we don't have enough people to participate, but we see what happens when people um, come together. We saw what happened in Alabama. Okay, there was like a, from what I understand, a higher percentage of black people who voted in Alabama than people who voted um, in Alabama during the two presidential elections of Obama in 08 and 2012. And uh, what was it, like 98% black women? I think voted for um, Doug Jones and ousted the alleged molester Roy Moore. Um, so when people come together and actually try, we can get things done. We can get a lot done, but it's just a matter, in my opinion, of just taking the time and actually doing it. Okay. Actually being serious about it. And people are, are serious about one thing. There are a lot of people who do not like Donald Trump. Okay. For whatever reason, they don't care for Donald Trump. And maybe that's what it takes to bring people together and get them to pay attention and look at things seriously. But next November, um, let's see. What is, yeah, is it next November, some of the uh, midterm elections or am I your head? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're correct. Next November. So, but I mean, the, 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 of course, you know, local elections are important, uh, most important. But when it comes to what's going on in D.C., it's the Congress people that we really need to be paying attention to. 
because they kind of make everything go. Regardless of what Trump wants to do, a lot of times it comes down to the House and the Senate and, you know, if they say yay or nay. And we need people who are truly people who are representing our best interests. Because despite all kinds of surveys, and I mean, I've seen so many different surveys that say that more than 70% of the middle class oppose, well, not just the middle class people in general, but I saw a lot with the middle class, oppose this tax bill, no one is listening to us, okay? And at what point do you stop letting someone tell you, I'm representing you, yet they don't listen to you when it comes to what's in your best interest, okay? They do what they think is good for you. Hey, if we give these companies these extra billions of dollars, they're going to create jobs for you. Okay, let's say that they do. They're going to be entry-level jobs. So you're going to have an extra 100 jobs paying you $10 an hour, which you can't survive off of. So what good is it really doing you, okay, when that money should be going to you, um, the middle class, because since the beginning of time, you've taken care of the rich and the poor. And so we just need to wake up and actually do something about it and get some of these knuckleheads out of office. You know, it's easy to focus on Trump. It really is. But it's these other people that we need to be trying to, these career politicians. Trump is going to be gone in four or, God forbid, eight years. But these other people are going to be there for a very, very long time if we don't do something about it. All right. So just pay attention and actually get out and participate. Okay. Actually get out and participate. All right. Tomorrow, zone coverage, normal time, 9 p.m. Eastern. We'll talk um, NFL action. And uh, that's basically probably all we'll talk about tomorrow. Not really a lot going on in other sports, but, you know, if something comes up, we'll discuss it. Maybe talk about Kobe Bryant having his both his jerseys retired. Um, but mainly NFL tomorrow, zone coverage, 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, T2Q will be off for the rest of 2017. So I will be back probably that first Tuesday in January, which is January 2nd. Um, I may have a podcast pop up in between now and then, but the live show should return on January 2nd. And um, let's see, I might have another Let's Talk About Sex show sometime in probably probably around Valentine's Day if I can time it right. Or, yeah, and I have a guest that's coming on. Um, She is from New York, and she's going to be interesting. I spoke with her the other day, maybe another guest. And between now and then, you know, I'll try to get reach out to Jay Mayo and get him back on the air. And like I said, the show is kind of ramping up to the big finale on February the 20th. And everything, and uh, hopefully all of you can 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 be there. And after that, then it's going to be kind of pretty much podcast city. After that, I'll uh, reach out to my show legends, and we'll pick up a topic, and we'll just record it amongst ourselves with no live callers calling in at the time, and we'll just chop it up. So we'll look forward to that sometime in the future. But um, like I said, just Sign up for the email newsletter if you want to keep up with what's going on. That's the best way to know what's going on. All you have to do, go
Go to TalkToQ.com, put in your email address uh, when you click on the link for the newsletter, and voila, just like that, every time there's a show, you'll be notified. It is just that simple. It's the best way to keep up with what's going on with T2Q. So please, please, I um, would love for everyone to do that, everyone who's within earshot. If you haven't signed up already, what are you waiting for? Okay? And also, remember, you can go to iTunes and listen to the show there. You can subscribe there and get all the podcasts the day after. And you can take a listen and hear what you may have missed if you can't listen live. And you'll see the archives of every other show on iTunes as well. So, final thoughts. I'm discussing cuddle parties, Amorosa, or um, the new tax bill. And, Crystal, I will start with you. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Um, uh, First of all, um, well, I would say that uh, cuddle are very interesting. Uh, not something that I would do, but it's a very interesting and it uh, definitely has, uh, I guess, a need, obviously, for people. There's plenty of people who are attending um, and going and such, you know, without fear or without, um, you know, thinking someone is wants more than just that. It's very important uh, in life. Uh, you know, that's why you should always get your hugs in to your family and friends when you can. Um, but um, I I don't think I'm that kind of person but who would um, attend. A, but it does sound like it helps a lot of people. So um, I would say for other people, check it out. Um, politics, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> so I don't want to talk about it. Um, so I look forward to the next show. I'd say um, Merry Christmas to everybody, Happy New Year, and um, hopefully see you in the new year. All right. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Good stuff this evening. Mm-hmm. And, Buck, shut it down for me, man. Man, great show. I mean, really enjoyed it. Um, I think, the, you know, I didn't know the Koto Party concept um, actually existed, didn't know it was in existence for that long, but I think the concept is something that is very needed in this country today. Um, Simply put, I mean, I I think, you know, since nobody, the thing that's happened in this country, you know, you don't have a, you know, a village or a, you know, parent, you know, two parents, you know, system you know, you lose a lot of the things that you actually learn that, you know, that you're supposed to learn to how to coexist and how to communicate with the opposite sex. Um, and as a result of that, and you have kids raising kids and things of, those nature, things of that nature, and I've spoke about this several times, this is the reason why we, where we are in this country today. This right here gives you an avenue to, you know, that will cut out some of the, you know, cut out some of the unneeded drama. You know, what we're learning from now is social media, and we all know that social media is not necessarily the right place to learn certain things, uh, especially when it comes to communication to, you know, with one another. Um, a lot of times it is used for the wrong reason. 
this platform kind of helps out, and it will definitely help out, I think, more so men than women, um, to find out the do's and the don'ts, the yeses and no's and things of that nature that will help. You know, so therefore you don't get yourself caught up in any drama because we know, you know, how things are. So, you know, if, you, if there's a gray area or you're cloudy, you just clear it up. And there's a lot of things that can be learned and, you know, learned in this type of setting. So um, I think it's something that, you know, if you have some questions you're not really sure or you're not, you just don't know, this is a great, great place to learn it. Um, as far as Amorosa goes, <laughs> you know, Crystal said it best. I mean, but at the same time, I mean, I would like to kind of, you know, I really don't put a whole lot of stock into what Amorosa is about, but I am a little interested to see what she's seen in the, you know, in the other office since she's been there. It, it, it kind of, you know, even though she doesn't have a whole lot of credibility, I'm a little interested. Um, and this, you know, I've never been really interested in anything she had, anything she had to stand for or anything of that nature. But I'm a little interested in this, regardless to what her reasonings were. Just a little interested simply because, you know, nobody else that stepped away has really said anything about what's really going on there. So I'm a little interested because I do kind of follow politics. Um, Other than that, great show. Um, Always looking forward to the next one, whether it's sports or but it's the you know regular show. I'm always I'm always locked and stocked and ready to go. So everybody, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, be safe during the holiday season, and talk to you on the flip side of 2018. Dilly dilly. All right. Dilly dilly. Um, I appreciate you all again. Thanks to Marcella Lyles for joining the show. You can. Learn more about Cuddle Parties at CuddleParty.com, or you can be a cuddler at Cuddlelist.com. All right, and you can find her on Twitter at DMarcellaLiles.com, or you can just hit me up if you want to get more information on her, and I'll put you on to Marcella. Okay, my thanks to my callers, listeners, show legends, of course, Crystal and Buck, holding it down like they normally do. And um, I want to say Merry Christmas to everyone. And Crystal and Buck, you, you shouldn't have gotten me anything. I, you shouldn't have, but I appreciate it, you know, in advance. So uh, thank you for that. But uh, I would have been okay. A, you're hearing aid, you're, you're hearing aid and canes on the way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hopefully you all have a very – Merry Christmas, and hopefully you'll do something fun for New Year's or something enjoyable, um, even if that's just turning in at 1030. If that's something you enjoy, then I hope you get to do that. Sounds good. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, we will get up and do this again starting in 2018, which will be starting year number seven or getting into year number seven of the show. But, uh, and then... We'll take things from there. But, of course, I'll be in touch with both of you prior to that. And uh, so thank you very much. You've been listening to the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. Go to TalkToQ.com. Sign up for the email newsletter. Follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. 
Everyone have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Peace out. Finish up your shopping, and we'll catch you in 2018, unless you like sports, in which we'll catch you on Zone Coverage tomorrow at 9 p.m. Have a good one. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? Let me thank you for having me on your show. It's so awesome to be here with you and all your listeners. My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q radio show. Carla, go ahead. I was told that I was a man-eater. I never really have a lot of pity for females when it comes to relationships. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Now, let me bring Amanda on the line. I didn't realize she was holding there. Amanda, what's going on? Hey, Q. Hey, everybody. Does that make sense? I like that. I'm going to say that again one day. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, that came out. Oh, all kinds of freaky. That's not what I meant. <laughs> Follow you guys. Thanks. Peace out.